Peering into the narrow room, expanding your spirit and mind. I'm Adele Levine, intuitive and medium. And let's step into the narrow room. This is Peering into the Narrow Room. I'm Adele Levine. Stepping into the Narrow Room with me today is the Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast. We have host Michael McMillan and co-host Bryce Johnson and their super producer, Riley Bray. It's the Bigfoot Collectors Club boys. Hi, guys. Oh, hi. Hey, Adele. <laughs> this room is too narrow for us to enter side by side. So we, had to, we had to walk in single file. At least I though it's got like, high ceilings, you know. So that's Riley, Riley like didn't I've, have to duck to get in. He's six yeah. foot seven, so that's a little difficult. Appreciate that. Yeah, I I realized <laughs> I've set myself up with this title. I I, I realize I've made myself um, put myself in this area where it does appear that way. However, however, the point of the narrow room is kind of like. Um, it's kind of like a play on the idea of going down the rabbit hole, I guess, because, you know, people see the, you know, the other realm or, you know, in my case, because I'm a medium, you know, the other side as like that, you know, that hall with the light, you know, people talk about that long hall. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. um, it was really because um, I got the name from my father who wrote a thesis and he had near death experience and he called it the narrow room. Oh wow. And so after after he died, I found his thesis and he said, you know, what made him fight for life is that he didn't want to go into the narrow room. So I took it and, you know, sat on it for years. So that's the backstory on it. And I thought that's kind of a good, you know, perception of how people probably see death or something. And um and the point of the podcast is, um, which I love having you guys on, which we're going to get to. But first, let's just do like, let's just do a, a, a wellness check. How's everybody doing? <laughs> How's everybody doing? What have you been doing? We're at a year. This is March 1st. So we're kind of pretty much at a year of this, this whole thing. How's everybody feeling? Where are you at? Where's the pulse at? Hi, this Who's is Michael. Uh, I realize that maybe it'll be confusing which white man is speaking on this episode. So oh, this I'm is Michael. So sorry, Michael. Yes. Yes, Michael. Uh, Go. Michael, well, you, you speak. I was always first to get up in class, so it's just a, a thing I've continued it works throughout that my way life. For us, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um yeah, Dale and I were chit chatting a little bit right before we started recording. And yeah, I think I think I, you know, and I don't want to speak for everybody um, in the world, but um, yeah, the, for some reason, like the day to day stuff, I'm okay. I've been doing okay. I've been staying healthy. I've been practicing, you know, social distancing and staying at home for the most part. When I do go out, you know, I'm I'm double masked. I wash my hand. My hands are so dry. So I've been like really vigilant throughout the whole pandemic. But there's something about creeping up on this year on the anniversary which for me i went into stay at home on march 13th of last year i remember because it was friday mm. the 13th and appropriately enough here in la and then um i think just creeping up on that year and realizing like a, an entire year of our lives has been taken. And in some situations, actual lives have been taken. Many lives have been taken. It's just, I think it's hitting me and really kind of fucking with my head a little bit. Um, I don't know if we can swear on this podcast, uh, but I just did. You can. You um, can. 
so yeah, so I'm just trying to be aware of that and trying to allow myself to just go, hey, if you need to be down for a couple weeks and if you need to have like a little bit of quiet time, just don't feel like I'm trying to do what I did at the beginning of this, which is not to put too much pressure on myself to be like a big success right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And just right. try to like yeah. get through the rest of this. But it, I, I'll say the one great thing about it and the one thing that does keep up popping up in my head, as I say, you know, it took a year from us is, and this isn't to be sentimental, but that's quickly followed by thoughts of like, well, at least we kept the podcast Bigfoot Collectors Club going. And right. a lot of my good memories of 2020 and now 2021 have been all the fun things that we've done on on the podcast. And I'm like, there's some mm-hmm. there's some episodes and some periods on the show that like I'm really, really proud of. Um, so so we have that, which is good, you know, yeah. and that kept us connected with the with our listeners and c- kept us connected with each other in the world. So I'm very thankful for that. But otherwise, it's been a very, very quiet, lonely year. <laughs> Speaking, oh man, that, that was like that was totally like good. a Nelson. <laughs> I was kind of like I felt all good, and then all of a sudden I got dropped into like, oh, now I feel terrible for well, for you. But I no, think no, I think I'm I okay. think I feel both. He'll be. I know all you're right. okay, but I'm a sensitive person, Michael. You know that. Um, so. Speaking of the podcast, what have you, this is Michael. Uh, obviously, I didn't do the proper thing of saying this is Michael. And Bryce is uh, the co-host with the podcast. And we have Riley. Do one of you want to jump in and talk about the podcast and what you guys do on your podcast as well? Sure, Bryce, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, yeah, so we, we do a weekly po- paranormal podcast where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history. And then we regale our audience with a story of high strangeness. And that could be anything from uh, the abduction phenomena to, uh, you know, past memories, reincarnation, cryptids, ghosts, anything out of the ordinary, anything strange uh, we like to talk about and we do stories about. So... Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but you know, oddly enough, we take the the subject of the paranormal pretty seriously. So it's a it's a fun podcast, and uh, and yeah, I think as as Michael said, I think it's something I'm really proud of. And uh, you know, we've God, we passed 150 episodes just uh, right not too long ago, and and we have an extension to our podcast on Patreon called The Other Side, where we sort of loosen up the format a little bit, and we do movie clubs and book clubs and and just have sort of freewheeling discussions on esoteric and occult subjects and and all kinds of cool shit. So it's a blast. Yeah. And, and, uh, and how, building on that, ahead, like, I, I, I bring in a, a musical element to our stories of high mm-hmm. strangeness. I, I score each one. We used to do them the score live in the studio before the pandemic, but since we've been doing it remotely, I've been producing the scores after the fact. And so the whole high strangeness thing is kind of like a radio play. And then we also do a lot of that over on the other side. So for me uh, this year, like the podcast has, has really been like the one consistent rock. And it's also like kept me working creatively where, you know, I have to come up with a score or two or sometimes three, four five every week. And um, <laughs> it's, 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 but it's now looking back, it's like, wow, that's really great. Like that kept this year productive. And it also, 
at the end of the day, it just kept a sense of humor going about things. And we really do like have a good time making this show and we're, we really are friends and it's just nice to have these guys to check in with and, uh, and, and to get to meet someone every week too, although it's virtually and uh, just like have this core group to just keep laughing and keep checking in and keep things going and, and make something that I, I, I think people really enjoy and, and we all feel proud of at the end of the day. Yeah. Riley brings up a well, good I- point about the creativity because mm-hmm. I've been beating myself up for not writing this year that much. You know, I've been like, Oh, I didn't write a screenplay or I didn't write a, a, a you know, a pilot spec. And then I'm looking back on like, you know, uh, at least I'd say 30, 25 to 30 episodes of high strangeness that we wrote. And Bryce and I wrote this three part Roswell series and, you know, we're doing the Yeti right now. I'm like, oh, I have been writing. It's just been sort of not the, you know, script stuff. It's just been all for the podcast. So that's also allowed me to go, okay, all right. I have gotten my creative uh, juices out there. So I, I like, I like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys do. Cause I mean, I, when I listen to the podcast, I, that's what I think about. Cause it's a lot. It's, I think you guys are, your guys are writing quite a bit, the high strangeness and everything you, you have to research on. It's kind of, it's a lot. So there's a lot that you're putting into it as far as not just creative, but even research and things like that. So it's like a combo of um writing and creativity of you know entertainment i know that i hear from your audience because you guys have a loyal audience i hear from them they love you guys and i hear about it all the time just well, so vice you know. versa they're a, yeah i mean <laughs> Caleb, you always have been a fan favorite on the on the big bigfoot collectors club uh Aww. listenership and so I know I, we get a lot of comments about how much people enjoy and appreciate your episodes. And so, so yeah, it's nice for us to it. be doing this for you today on your podcast. I mean, Adela, I was just Aww. thinking you were, you've been yeah. part of the show in a way since the very beginning, because our very first guest, Pete Gardner, mm-hmm. uh, talked about, yeah. uh, um, uh, you know, an intuitive and medium that is, that his wife knew and did gallery readings and that was you, you know, your name wasn't mentioned on the show at the time, but that led us to coming to one of your gallery readings and meeting you and then you coming on the show and really being one of the recurring staples on, on BCC. So you've been there since the beginning, oddly enough. Yeah. And it's kind of odd because you guys pushed me out a very, uh, out of a major comfort zone. It was really, not something I didn't talk about a lot of things I ended up talking about on your podcast and push me out there. And I tend to like, believe it, people don't realize it, but I tend to like to hide a little bit. And, um, that pushed me a little bit out there to share things I never shared, which was odd on a podcast with people I just met, but it was probably a good, you know, the universe was kind of teaching me something, but, um, so I appreciate you guys doing this, but now I get to ask you the question. So here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on my, on this podcast, what I'm really interested in is, you know, it's obviously about spirituality and such, of course, you know, there's a lot of paranormal stuff that I deal with, but, um, a lot of the people who I read and the people who kind of follow me, there are people that, you know, have just everyday lives and have all different walks of life of doing all different, different types of professions. And they, you know, move into a spirituality, meaning like, 
it's not always like this big aha moment, like, oh, I had this big, you know, awakening. People have different ways that they express themselves spiritually, and they also have different ways that they, you know, um, have found their way there. And I'm more interested in people, not just people who do what I do, you know, people who incorporate this in their lives, because I feel that's really, you know, the majority of what's happening and I found that people actually ask us a lot. They want to understand, you know, how can I be at work or how can I deal with my family? And I'm interested in some, you know, different things they may not understand. So my question, and I will start with you, Riley. I'm just calling on you guys like a kindergarten teacher, but you guys can <laughs> chime in anytime you want. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean, um, but um, how did you step into like what? was kind of like your spiritual path. Like for me, I, not for me, but I mean, I believe that people can like be a gardener or cook and, you know, that's how they kind of feel connected and maybe something led them there. Was there something that pulled you that direction and how Definitely. do you utilize it in your life? I mean, I think it, if, if I think about it, it really stems back to I had a, a truly excellent English teacher in high school. And uh, that was the year that we were reading like Siddhartha and um, specifically that book really stuck with me. But and he, he was just a person who was really available after class and outside of class. And and we would talk a lot about meditation and, and about spirituality and, and the spiritual journey and the hero's journey and all this stuff. And. Uh, he really just like opened my eyes to a lot of things and it encouraged like intellectual curiosity. And mm -hmm. that was also a time when I started experimenting with psychedelics and I won't say who the teacher's name is because obviously, but, um, <laughs> he, uh, he wasn't like, he didn't like come down on me about that. And I was able to be honest with him about it. And he was actually, I, it's not like I ever like did drugs with him, but I, I was honest. I was like, I, you know, I, I tried mushrooms and, right. and he was like, well, let's talk about it. Like, what did you experience? What did you find? And he really... He helped me to realize the the power of, of those things and also to respect them. And so it's not just to treat it like some kind of like party thing. And that kind of like began a whole process for me of like trying to explore my mind and awaken my mind. And I really think he helped me form a, a good mindset to like exploring you know, the, the reaches of consciousness and, and, you know, what's, what's going on behind just what's the ordinary. Um, and then, so that led me in college to want to study the mind more. And, um, I went to UC Berkeley and they, um, they allow you to make, make your own major there. So, um, I, I double majored in fine art and I created a major that was like a comparative psychology study, um, where I studied a lot of Eastern philosophy and Buddhism and then compared it to a very like scientific approach to the brain down to like neurochemistry and um, modern psychology, philosophy on consciousness, things like that. So it was like a trying to do a, a survey of sort of Eastern and Western schools of thought on consciousness. Um, and that just really uh, kind of helped me to form this framework. I, I tend to think of myself as having a pretty scientific mind. And I, I'm a, an audio engineer and a visual engineer. I am um, a filmmaker. And so I, um, you know, I, 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 I'm very technical, but I, I like to take that sort of technical, empirical mindset and apply it to sort of like my own self-work and spirituality and um, really just question the way question my own thoughts and question my mind and, and and my emotions especially like why do i feel this and and why am i acting this way and why am i saying these things and and just um the whole thing i think the big takeaway i've i've 
taken from all of this, you know, these experiences in the study is that like meditation and mindfulness doesn't have to be limited to like, okay, I'm going to sit down and meditate now. It's a, right. it's like a conscious, constant practice where you're just really trying to be present and aware and, and be able to see your own mind, not just exist within it, but be there and be present, but also sort of sit as this observer and see your thoughts and see your emotions and and understand them on both levels and and that's that's sort of my approach to spirituality and um you know just an inquisitiveness about my own mind i i don't really ascribe to any religion i was interested in buddhism for a while but i, I wouldn't consider myself a buddhist um but um yeah i think that you know my my spiritual core is just the mindfulness is like the that that's my bedrock of everything and then it kind of just builds from there and then that uh, you build with that is just be positive and be nice to people i think that's what every religion really teaches and and that's right. uh i'd say that sort of sums up my spiritual practice that's awesome yeah that makes to i mean that i mean it goes in line with kind of what i think that if you take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and you just make it your own potion basically exactly. yeah right yeah that's awesome does someone else want to share, Bryce? Yeah, I'll jump in. <clears throat> um, so, I, you know, my I, I was going to say my struggle with spirituality, and it's always been a struggle because I still, even to this day, I'm I'm always questioning uh, the authorship of creation and, and and what the nature of reality is and, and what's my relationship to it. But, you know, so I, I went to a, a Lutheran school and my parents divorced when I was pretty young. My father is a mm. staunch atheist. And my mother is not a devout Catholic, but, uh, you know, I'd say a, a church-going lady of, of, of Lutheran orientation. And so I would spend the summers with my dad and the winters with my mom. And, and you know, going to a Lutheran school, you know, you're, you're learning about Jesus and, and God and all that whole paradigm. And then I'd go and see my father in the summers, and he would just completely start the deprogramming. He's like, okay, what are they teaching you in that school? And, right. and do you really think that that's true? I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, does that make sense to you? And 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 it became such a struggle, I remember. There was sort of a, a pivotal moment in my life where I was kind of like, you know, it must have been maybe five or six, and I was like, you know, I, I remember feeling really upset and I was, my dad was like, well, what's wrong? And I was like, you know, I just, I don't want you to go to hell. And, you mm. know, and he, he kind of got it. He was like, oh man. And you can, you could see a little hint of the anger in his eyes. Like, I can't believe they're still teaching that fire and brimstone shit. Right. right. Um, but he was like, look, you know, he was like, if you were God, would you send me to hell just for, for not believing in you? And it was like such a, was such a paradigm shifting question because I mean, he put the power in, in, in my hand. And so I got to like do a little role play, right? Like if I was the creator and, and I just, it, it, it basically, it, it tore the walls down for me right there. I was like, well, no. And then he was like, and then my dad was like, well, then why should God, you know? And it was, it made right. such total sense to me that, uh, that you know that the the creator of all the universe has better things to do than to to punish people and you know send them through some hell program uh and and then so that really started me sort of questioning um and you know I know that's a little different from spirituality because l later in life I felt like I would make a 180 turn and I would 
sort of come and I became so after that I became an atheist for I was an atheist for the longest that's time. part of I, spirituality I would say that journey for sure yeah totally I, I, did, Absolutely. I, I did that for sure I was like anybody who came up to me because um, I was raised so religious so strict that after that if anyone came up to me telling me about God I used to just tell my worship the devil just to get them away like I was just so far <laughs> so I, yeah I, totally I was raised yeah I was raised in that so deep that I was like anything anything to not have it touch me so I think that's part of a, a journey don't I you think? still use that trigger sometimes I've heard <laughs> Riley even do it to hail Satan you know and it's just like it's like beware you know you don't don't put me into a box, you know. And uh, I right. actually just bought three T-shirts from the Satanic Temple. <laughs> they're such an awesome organization. They like fight for like women's reproductive rights right. and separation of church and state. And like, it's. I mean, they're kind of trolling, but I, I really enjoy the spirit of it. So I wanted yeah, to support it. Definitely. Well, totally. Yeah. And there, there's so. It's. Just, I mean, not to go too far off the track, but once you start looking into these things, it makes you. It makes you go past just what's on the surface, right? But but so I would right. come. I, I came back sort of one eighty to to really believing that. Uh, I guess believing is such a tainted word, but having a, a relationship with with the creator or with the universe or with the intelligence that is out there, because I I, I do you know. And it, look, I could sum it all up in one word, right? consciousness. Yeah. I think consciousness right. is is the game-changing uh frontier of, of what's going to help us understand all of this. And and I I believe that this is a a consciousness created world. In other words, I don't believe that it's just our brain that creates mind, that creates consciousness. I believe consciousness was here long before and it'll be here long after. And and we act as just sort of receivers to that consciousness. And so I'm really interested in 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 communing with this with this consciousness and this and this higher power whatever it is and and it's certainly it's accessible right it's like i think a lot of people would think like oh you can't do that and you know that you know you're not allowed to have a relationship with the with the creator and i i i wholeheartedly disagree and and oh, so yeah i i'm i'm always looking for ways to commune with that and uh, and I found a few of them, <laughs> and uh, and, uh, <laughs> and it's made for some interesting stories. But what but were those few that you found? Well, um, we've talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit on the on the podcast, but I've had some pretty right. pretty profound mystical experiences. Some induced through uh, psychedelics, some induced through through intense uh, focus and meditation, and so mm-hmm. and they've taken me to places that. Uh, that that yeah. reductionist science would have a hard time, you know, understanding. So I do believe in That's mystery. Awesome. I do believe mm-hmm. in 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 uh, in profound strangeness, and and uh, I I just love the weird. And if you if you can put spirituality in the in the weird zone for me, then all the better. You know, I love it. It's great. But uh, yeah, I guess that's in the weird zone. Yeah, yeah, it's right, right. Hard. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people don't understand. Like I feel that. Um, it's it's still very very fringe. I know that it's kind of uh, accepted more and things like this, but it's a big umbrella. I know I'm asking you guys a big umbrella, you know, question, but I'm kind of doing that on purpose because I do feel like it's um, pushed down to like these. Oh, you have to like be meditating and put crystals on your head or whatever. And mm. I don't think that's what it is. I think it comes in many many 
um, amazing forums. There's people who find this like, you know, just um, they're athletes or, you know, they find it in. Yeah. Taking care of plants, you know, yeah. Right, you said right. it earlier, whatever, right. you can find these spiritual liminal zones. Moments, in, right. In, in, in whatever you're doing where, where time slips away, you know, there's those right. liminal moments. And, uh, and spirituality, I believe, can be found there. Exactly. All right, Michael, what about you? Um, Same I question. don't know. I, well, yeah. I do. I, I mean, I have an an- I have some answers, but you know, I, I think the okay. thing that I'm thinking of while I'm while I'm listening to you guys is I don't know if I completely understand the term spirituality. To be honest, you know what I mean. It's one of those okay. words that I feel like gets mentioned a lot in in lieu of being religious. You know. Yes. Um, so I'm just mm-hmm. putting that out there. So, but I but I but I like your I like what you're saying about like. It's not necessarily a, a defined term. I guess I would define it as things that make me how I feel connected to something bigger than myself. You know, I guess is how I would describe it. And yeah, I and just a comment, just a quick comment. I don't believe that spirituality has to be in lieu of religion. I believe that there are people who absolutely find their spirituality and religion. Sure, totally. sure. No, I, I guess right? I'm thinking of people that I yeah. know who will right. say, I'm not really religious, but I consider myself spiritual. You know what I mean? That's 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 right, not right, a single right. definition for the term, obviously. Right. I just right. meant that's that's mm-hmm. often when I hear the word come up, you know, and I and something sure. that I've probably mm-hmm. said myself um without really thinking about it. But um mm-hmm. so I don't know if I'm answering this question in in a cohesive way already but uh well I mean, like- i'm just i'm just i'm just gonna ask you this just uh, just to kind of push to guide it a little bit because what i'm trying to do is um yeah i've actually said the same thing you know i'm not religious but i'm spiritual i've said that in the past too um the one thing i kind of just just to kind of give you an idea one way that changed my ideas when my father was passing he was very religious Um, but he was the most positive person I ever knew. He had no kidneys. He lived 34 years on dialysis and he woke up every day happy. I, I didn't even get it as a kid and I should have been happy. I was like, what is your problem? What are you so happy about? But he was a very spiritual person. It was through his religion, but it was something more. So I Mm -hmm. guess it's more like a feeling I'm saying, like something you feel inspires you that lifts you, you know, when you're in those moments, what, what is it? For you, that's kind of, I guess, what I was getting at. Like, what? Yeah, do you no, do? that makes that's that's yeah. great. That makes sense. And um, yeah, I, I think like Bryce, I grew up in a sort of divided um, religious mm. household. Uh, not a heavy Bible beater home by any means, but I grew up in Kansas in the suburbs. So, like, you know, there was a church on every corner. I went to Presbyterian church with my mom forced to go every Sunday from the time I was a baby up until I was 16. And my sister and I both, when we hit basically by the time we were old enough to drive ourselves to church, we just didn't end up going. You know, I did. I did enjoy going to my um, Sunday school class. I had a really excellent Sunday school teacher when I was in middle school and high school who was also a good friend's mother. And she turned Mm -hmm. that forum into just a place to talk about, you know, whatever was on our minds and then would, you know, 
loosely tie it back into, um, you know, f- things from a Christian point of view, but that really wasn't the heavy, uh, you know, uh, emphasis. And for for that reason, she was asked to step down as a Sunday school teacher by the more conservative head of the Sunday school program. And that's when I was like, bye, I'm out. You know, if you're kicking her out right. of this church, I don't want anything to do with this place anymore. And my mom, who had already lost my sister to it, you know, I think was like, okay, well, you're 16. I can't really stop you, you know? Um, and I had some other issues. Uh, look, I just never wanted to go to church anyway. Sunday, I wanted right. I wanted to play, you know what I mean? It was like right. school, yeah. growing up, school was rough enough. Like the fact that like right. I had to get up uh, on Sunday and go to a place and like dress in uncomfortable yeah. clothes and you know, it wasn't made. It was a, like church always for me was a lot like math. I didn't really get it until I was way older, you know, and I was like, well, why didn't they just make it th- cool? <laughs> you know, why didn't they make it more yeah. <laughs> accessible, like more fun? Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was eager to get out of that situation, but that I still carry a sense of God or uh that there is some sort of divine creator. I am absolutely, you know, I've always been somebody though that believes in evolution and believes in science. And that's just sort of breaking down how creation came to be. Now, I don't believe necessarily in a God that's a, you know, dressed in white robes and has a white beard and sits on a cloud. But I do think that they're like echoing some of the stuff that the guys have said, like that we're, connected to something larger. And I guess those moments for me uh, have come uh, in, especially when I was younger, um, in acting classes when I was doing, I think both times they were actually Shakespeare, where, you know, you would be working on a scene and the director or teacher would be kind of like getting you out of your head. And in those moments where There'd be moments, I remember one in particular, I was studying in London and I was doing a scene from Measure for Measure. And it's a scene where the character I was playing is visited um, by his sister. Uh, This is, is it Claudio and Isabella? Um, Forgive me, it's been 20 years since I've read this play, but um, she's basically like, he's in prison and she can get him out of prison if she, who's she's a nun, if she basically like, sleeps with the duke and and i'm like please do it help me sister Mm -hmm. she's like i can't do that that's i'm not going to do that you know and he has a breakdown about it um and i remember just my the the guy who was directing the scene the teacher like telling me to get out of my head and just let the words come through and something happened in that moment where i really felt that flow state and suddenly felt like i was just channeling some other thing and the text was just coming through my body. And as it came through, it was almost just like software being downloaded in, in, into my hardware. And as it came through, Mm -hmm. all the emotions came with it. And, you know, it was almost like, it was like I was in that zone for about 30 seconds, became very aware of it. And then, you know, I kind of came out of it and couldn't hold on to it. And I'd had experiences like that before when I was acting where I was like, oh, whoa, I feel like I saw or tapped into something way bigger than myself, you know, and occasionally in life, hanging out with friends and 
in college, I was really getting into like the power of myth and Joseph Campbell and starting to become aware of things like synchronicities happening where my friend and I would get really excited if we had a conversation the next day, you know, if we were talking about a song and then, you know, it would show up in some form later that day on the radio or TV or, you know, this is just like little tiny stuff. But those really started to build for me when I was in college. And it was like almost the more I became aware of certain symbols and synchronicities, the stronger and more often they occurred. And Mm -hmm. I remember my friend and I were calling it personal mythology because we didn't have like a better sense for it. And then I started reading books like uh, John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany that seemed to echo everything that we would have in late night stoner conversations and works (laughs) like uh, Promethea by Alan Moore. Um, So I think I think reading and story really ultimately kind of gives me a sense of connection to something bigger. And I think in a lot of ways, what I was tapping into early on in that period of my life was like this, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, magic, you know, with like a K a yeah. little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd have to say yeah. like, that hasn't always stuck with me. You know, I go through periods where I feel very disconnected spiritually. I'm in one of those periods right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough. It's not something that it's not like a it's not like a well I can go to that's always on, you know, always tapped. So, but that's that's the best answer I've got for you, I guess, right now. That that is a great answer, by the way. First of all, and second of all, it's the it's honestly the most relatable, and this is kind of what I feel most people feel, and it's including myself. It's not meant to be something you're not supposed to feel all the time. You know, ah, oh, like I ha- I just feel this way all the time. I'm always tapped into that all the time. I feel that the reason why I want to ask people these questions is because what I have found, because all I do every day, all day is, you know, I do readings and talk to people is that people feel alone with everything you all three just described. So they feel like they're the only ones feeling like that for all, all of those three, like, Oh, I just don't feel like it's something tangible or it's kind of my own. I don't always feel this way. I feel kind of like disconnected. Um, I feel that spirituality has been shown to people as like a feeling that's going to remove you from anything bad and you're just going to feel good all the time and you're going to always be able to tap into it and you'll just lift yourself out of it. And that's just not really the human experience. And I just don't see um, that helps people. (laughs) I think it's more helpful to know that you're going to have those times. I mean, where um, you just don't feel tapped in. It's kind of an ebb and flow, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, I, I don't feel that um, that was off at all. And all three of you had different things you're saying. But honestly, from my point of view, it's pretty much how a lot of people feel at different times of the day, different times of the week, different times of the year. It's just kind of a, hu- a human experience. I think I speak you know? for all three of us when I say we're spiritual as fuck. As yeah. Fuck. <laughs> It's going to be your next t-shirt. <laughs> um, I, wanted, I wanted to say, I just wanted to drop this in. I have another question, but I just kind of came to my head 
Um, I don't know if you guys seen have seen the movie Nomadland. Have any of you seen watched it, it last I, night? I haven't I seen it yet, but okay. it's on my. I will be watching it yes. this week. Yes, without giving anything away. When I watched that movie, I was like, people should watch this alone because this is a movie that, to me, is odd. <laughs> <laughs> like Michael's not, not an issue. Not <laughs> okay, an issue right. over here. <laughs> okay. You got that covered. Um, because it's actually to me, um, way the way I see spirituality, that movie, or being or going through something spiritual, and it's not advertised that way. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if you thought that, Bryce, but it if I'm not I don't want to give too much away, but it's just it was just so perfect perfectly done to me about the human experience and 100 and the spiritual and the spirit in us right i've so been I i've been speaking it, i've been speaking ever so chloe zhao when she did the that's the director writer when she, when when i mm-hmm. saw the writer which yeah. was her film previously i was right i was screaming in the streets about oh, what an she incredible, directed that yeah that's her i film. remember you I was loving like, that movie that was, and i never so, watched that's one it. of my top 10 favorite films of all time because what it's is the, the human other movie she wrote the writer it's called said? the writer yeah it's about a it's about okay. a rodeo writer who gets bucked off and uh, okay, has a head injury it. and okay. uh, and has to basically deal with like you know just maintaining an existence outside yeah. of uh, out of what he thought he was meant to do and what his passion it's it's about life right i mean we all it's go through life. these right. trials right? and tribulations that throw us these curveballs that knock us down kick us in the fucking teeth and it's up to us mm-hmm. to sort of get back up on our feet and, and, and still try and grasp at some sort of meaning of life. And, and I just love her. Those are the type of films that I'm all in for. And it's so funny in in the movie nomad land, there's a, there's a small theater in a small town and -hmm. it's playing the Avengers, you know, nothing against the Avengers, but it, it it balances the scales of what these Mm -hmm. corporation studios are delivering to us and spoon feeding us these, these huge Mm -hmm. tentpole movies. It's like that really aren't about that much. And, uh, and I don't know. I just, i I love her. Keep an eye out for her. She's, she's just amazing. What a talent. Yeah. It's I, and then I saw just real quickly her accepts, in speech and um it was about compassion that was her whole speech mm, i gotta watch um, that and um and she um yeah so she i mean just that movie in general i kind of like went around telling everybody they have to watch if you want to understand how i see things that are spiritual and being here as a human being it was just brilliant it was yeah. about those moments those little moments so yeah i just everybody should watch it um, riley you'd I, love it it's about van life Van life, oh, bro. Right. This sounds yeah. right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, my fantasy. I had this life, conversation so. with, with mm-hmm. my wife today because as as we watched the movie, we were like, that was really good. And it was like, oh, it was, it was, we were kind of comparing it to Ryder. And, but then I realized today as I was still thinking about it, still processing it and and, and how good it was, right? So I had this mm-hmm. I had this conversation today with my wife as, as, we're, as we're dreaming, always dreaming and planning for our future and and of course, we have nice things in mind, right? Like I'd love to have a nice house with a nice car and and fancy things. And then I was thinking, God, just like the responsibility and the weight of keeping all that stuff, you know, in balance. It just feels like rigmarole and responsibility. And it's and it's like, and then there's this other part of my brain that's like, van life, bro. Just keep your life simple 
and right. <laughs> and just live through the moments and mm-hmm. and so it's like I'm trying to like deal with how my brain is mixed messaging because they're those are competing ideas, right? Yes, and exactly. and if your brain does that, you're going to end up somewhere fuzzy in the middle, you know? So it's like I have to define, you know, what I really want for myself. But I think it really speaks to the fact that we as a society, we as people are constantly in love with this idea that I want more and I could get more. And there's always, there's always enough more to be had and, you know, and there's enough for everybody, you know, and, and things are limitless. And it's like, man, maybe, maybe society has been going in the wrong direction for so long when we can just really be, I don't know, just as happy or have just as a meaningful life without, without a huge roof over our head and without, you know, three cars in the garage and and money in the bank. And I I don't know. There was a lot, there's a lot to be said for that movie. There's a lot, I definitely understand the competing thoughts because there's a party that's very poshy and there's other party that wants to do van life. So totally, I get, (laughs) my hermit is competing with my yuppie and, and I don't know, (laughs) I don't know who's winning. That's right. Um, well, I can't have you guys on without asking you the question that I get asked a lot, especially after people hear me on your show. And I'm like, go over to the Bigfoot Collectors Club. They can answer all these questions. But I, <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys, since you guys started that podcast on the basis of your love for cryptics, why, why, why? Tell me why. What? Why do you guys, why is that Obviously, that's the first draw, right? I know you do all things paranormal and you're interested in all things paranormal, but that's your main, you know, that's your main vein, right? Definitely. So who wants to answer that? Or all of you, could you answer that or explain like what what is your, because I, I find it kind of fascinating what fascinates other people or what you're drawn to or what is mysterious and what you feel from it, you know, what, what drew you to. Well, maybe we can um, rephrase it by, by starting with maybe asking Mike and I, and then Riley, of course, but what, what's our fascination with Bigfoot? And, and and there you go. Because that's, that's really kind of what kicked it off for, for Michael and I. And, and that's okay. where where our discussion started, and of course, it led to uh, other offshoots like aliens and sure. UFOs and and all right. that other stuff. And I thought about this a lot, right? I think the idea that's fascinating about Bigfoot to me is it seems to live in this space of of who we once were, right, and where we're going. Um, and I, what I guess that means is like you know. Are these creatures a direct lineage of our past? Is this what we once were and who we are mm-hmm. today is where we are now? And are we still evolving? I always kind of pit like, you know, the alien gray with with skinny and big brains and a small mouth not eating much as like maybe down the future timeline and Bigfoot uh, who's big, strong, eats everything. And, you know, <laughs> as somewhere down our past timeline and here we are in the middle. Right. So it, right. to me, the, the fascination with Bigfoot is, is really just an examination of, of who we are, where did we come from and where are we going? You know, and that, that is like w- what's always driven my curiosity. And, uh, and I guess there's something to be said for when, you know, your parents tuck you in and say, there's no monsters out there, sweetie. And then you're like, bullshit. Did you see the Patterson-Gimlin <laughs> film? It looks like a monster to me. <laughs> so, 
but the thing is, is that so I I take I took a look at your show Ex- Expedition Bigfoot, and when I'm watching it, uh, Bryce, this is for Bryce has this show. Everybody should know on Travel Channel, right? And Discovery. Discovery I got it Plus, off of yep, yep, it's on Discovery okay. Plus right now. It's a but travel I, channel produced show. Yep. You can download it off of um, Apple too because I downloaded yes. it. Yeah, um, and the when I was watching it, that's kind of what made me think about. Um, you know, it's interesting because everybody has a different view on the show. Like you're, you're really interested in the people and their stories, which isn't too different to people who are into paranormal in general, right? Like what's your story? What did you experience? And then there's the people who want the science behind it. Right. And then there's the adventurer person, which kind of seems like all those, all, all of you have a different role that way. I, I, that's just kind of my take on it. Um, and, um, but when you're out there, I'm, I'm kind of more focusing on you. Like you, you definitely are, it does feel kind of like it's not just like, oh, you know, where did we come from? It does feel like there's a draw about the mis- the mystery of it, right? For, you know, is that something like, because it feels a little bit more than just what's out in the woods, you know, maybe there's something mysterious, something a little bit more magical even, or am I reading wrong on that? No, not at all. I'm, I'm just had a technical difficulty here really quick. Oh, Okay. Uh, you can you guys hear me? Okay, through my speaker? yeah, but it sounds because now like I'm getting I, I lost my headphones. Uh, oh, okay. Stand by one second. Stand by. Let me just okay, okay. Unplug this and then plug. Shit, I don't want to like plug out my thing. Crap. Should Maybe we, we should stop stop the recording and should then you stop? can pick it back up? But Dalen, you can just edit it. Sure. Together? Yeah, I'll stop it. Oh, and I can use my. So Bryce, I was watching your show, um, Expedi- Expedition Bigfoot. Did I say, did I say it right? Yes, Expedition you, I thought, Bigfoot oh, I on thought Discovery you Plus. Me. Okay, yep. yeah, on Discovery Plus, and also you can download it on iTunes just for like people like me because I was watching it on my iPad and everything. Um, and I was when I was watching it, um, obviously, you know, everybody has their different roles. You know, the science role and the adventure role, and you're the you know talking to different people's experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously I know you and I'm just kind of watching your, um, you know, way that you're approaching it. And I know you're saying that, you know, it could look like Bigfoot's like discovering parts of ourselves, maybe from the past and such, but it does feel kind of more, even when you're talking to the people, they feel kind of, this is their experience that, there's something a little bit more mystical or magical than just, you know, maybe this is like us from some past or some piece of us. Yeah. Do you feel that way? And just even watching you out there, cause you know, that kind of energy is like super awesome. Like when you're in those environments, there's always something kind of magical about it being out in the woods and, and, oh, and totally. all that. And, and thank you so much. And you know what? I, we talk a lot about this on, on the Bigfoot Collectors Club. And, mm-hmm. and I've come to, the, come to the idea that, you know, people's personal experiences, there's a lot of information that can be gleaned there. And, and they're unique and individual to their own. And, and, and sort of we've talked a lot about how this phenomena, and, and we use that term a, a lot to describe a lot of these high, you know, these stories of high strangeness that this that this phenomena you know personally interacts with 
with the user's consciousness. And so an experience for me could be interpreted completely different uh, from Riley's point of view. And so right. that's why there's so much information to be gleaned from somebody's you know, uh, testimony about their encounter that they had with a Bigfoot, because, you know, I believe that, that Bigfoot is part of this phenomenon, uh, of what's taking place on this planet. And that includes, you know, ultra terrestrials, aliens, UFOs, but that it interacts with our consciousness individually and can have different effects. So, um, I don't know if that, did, did I explain that correctly or, uh, Riley, what's yeah. a better way of saying it? You always say it's so great. Oh, geez. I don't know. You got me on that one. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> but, put but, me on the spot here. I'll, no, I'll I, I like how go you ahead, Michael. Yeah, yeah, you said yeah, I, th- go I ahead, think that makes sense. I think I think yeah. what I was going to say is like when it comes to cryptids, like for me personally, what captures my imagination is a lot like for the same reason I I'm, you know, I'm into things like Star Wars and Marvel Comics is they're just really fun characters like the mm-hmm. Mothman is a really cool design and cool creature. <laughs> right. Bigfoot is a cool creature. You know, the idea of the Loch Ness monster, of there being some sort of like dinosaur relic dinosaur living in a Scottish lake next to castles and like, you know, bagpipers, you know, I love those stories and those really got ghosts, you know, there, you know, we make horror movies about a lot of these entities for good reason. They, many of them have hit iconic status and, you know, that just captured my imagination as a kid. And I think unlike Chewbacca, which I, you know, felt real, he felt real in my imagination as a kid, Bigfoot was somebody was somebody that people claimed they had actually seen in real life. So I was mm-hmm. really fascinated by this idea of, wait, there could be weird monsters and weird characters that don't fit in the daily boring parts of of life, you know, that increasingly get more and more frustrating the older you get, you know, that there might be something else out there, that there might be something close to fiction that uh, that is real or maybe is actually fiction in a weird way, but interacts with the real world, you know, as we kind of, I think, are experiencing more and more talking about this stuff on the show. But that's to me really what I, I was like, yeah, put Bigfoot in the cockpit next to Han Solo. Like, that's what it is to me. It's just a cool character. And if there's a way to actually go see him, you know, it's to, it's like it's like coming across Mickey Mouse or Captain Hook at Disneyland. It's very thrilling. You know, it's like I get to right. meet, meet these things like I could actually maybe get lucky enough to see one. 100%. That is awesome. And that's you know, I came at it from that same place, I think, and still do. So it's like tangible. In a way today. Tangible. Sorry to interrupt you. So it's like tangible. It's like a mysterious, magical thing that right. can be tangible. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I think what compels me the most, and Bryce is saying a similar thing, is, you know, God, if I got to see Bigfoot in the woods with my, with my naked eye, I would for sure be able to go, okay. Something else is going on here. The world isn't just what we're told it is, you know? And that's what's really, A, first of all, I've said this a million times on the show, I just love the stories. I love love the characters that tell the stories. I love the monsters that they see. Sometimes these 
creatures. You know, we just did one over on the other side. We've been doing a series all winter on the Patreon called Northern Frights. And I came across a story called the Canula Humanoid. And it was like this three foot tall being that walked out of a flying saucer dressed in a green suit with like an astronaut helmet that was bouncing around uh, the woods in Finland as if he was in low gravity, like you see, the way you see astronauts do. On, on the moon and these two lumberjacks encountered this thing and scared it off with a chainsaw like that's an awesome story and then when you add the cool aesthetics of the of the of the creature design and the flying saucer that landed in front of them in the setting of the woods it's almost like a real science fiction movie happening in front of these people so I like that part of it too. I like the I like the seventies design of Bigfoot. I like the camp campfire aesthetic to that monster. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's why he looks good on T-shirts and old pulp pulp books and you know vintage you know paperbacks and old movie posters. So there's just a part of me as a comic book nerd that really enjoys all, all the the world of all of this stuff from an aesthetic, purely aesthetic point of view. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that makes total sense because I feel that it, everybody would feel that way to ha- to be able to feel like, um, you know, you meet, you know, you meet something in the middle, meaning like there's something magical out there, but it can be tangible and physical. And if you see that, it's going to be kind of life changing. And, and, you know, and sometimes feeling. for the worse, right? You know, sometimes people see this stuff and their life gets a lot worse. You I know, know. The people call them crazy. They lose their jobs. They're right. afraid to go public. They're haunted mm-hmm. by the fact that their paradigm has been permanently altered, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of the people who encounter this stuff, um, especially, you know, the alien abduction stuff, they're not, they're not, they're not, they've never even thought about flying saucers in their lives. And suddenly they're like, find themselves surrounded by alien greys on an operating table. That, 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 that is a nightmarish scenario, you know? Um, so for a lot of people, it really traumatizes them. And with good, good reason, um, you know, I've certainly seen things that I can't describe that do make you feel like you're a little crazy. And, you know, your first impulse is no one is going to believe me, um, which is why it's, you know, uh, another reason behind the podcast is like, let's let's just create a safe place to to talk about some of this stuff. Right. Um, even if we do make fun of ourselves and, and occasionally one another. But like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing that the more, as we've discovered, the more, because we have also, you know, actors, comedians, writers come on the show as well as experts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are definitely, we've had some guests that have never seen anything, don't believe in it. Um, But, you know, that's that's a fraction of the guests that we have. Most of our guests have had something happen in their life that they cannot explain. So I think that this um, the popularity of some of these icons like Bigfoot and Alien Greys and Loch Ness Monster uh, are there because there's an underlining feeling that most people aren't talking about that there's some there is something else out there. You know that 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 the world is a weirder place. Reality is weirder than than we we give it credit to be. Yeah, well, you're preaching to the choir of people who have seen things that people would think you're crazy. Um, (laughs) You don't have to convince me on that. Um, There's things I still don't talk about because it just doesn't, you know, it's still, yours is more kind of like, okay, I I had some physical thing 
Right. And even that though, even though if it's like physically you're touching it, people are going to say, well, that doesn't happen. That's going to make someone feel like what's wrong with me. I mean, that, that can send people down this whole different road. In my work, I've had people have things that I go, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've seen that. And they're like, oh my gosh, so it's not me. It's all very difficult and kind of fascinating and awesome at the same time. So that's kind of probably the the um, interesting part about this. It's like two, two emotions or two experiences are happening at the same time. But I feel like there is something kind of interesting about the woods and nature and earth and is that a part of something mystical as well, which I believe it absolutely is. I think watching this season, this season of Expedition Bigfoot, especially Mm -hmm. the latest episode, and we we actually haven't talked about it yet um, for... Okay. um, It might have dropped on our Patreon. We're recapping every episode and discussing it, but Mm -hmm. I'm sort of, at least this week, uh, Bryce Riley standing in the camp of like, okay, Bigfoot is like a ghost. Like mm. big Bigfoot mm. is some sort of interdimensional, like it's a spirit. It's it's the same thing as a ghost. It's 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 some sort of nature spirit. Like that's kind of where I'm at right now. That yeah. it, right. It, it can tangibly interact with the with with uh our reality the way that a ghost can like sometimes throw a glass across the room or open up all the mm-hmm. cupboards in, in your kitchen. Um, whatever that is, whatever you would call that ghost. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think more and more of that, um, just like there are wavelengths. And I think this is even mentioned on the show on the latest episode, like, you know, we, the Wi-Fi exists. We can't see it. X-rays exist. We can't see it unless we use the right equipment. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to think that a lot of these entities aren't even from another dimension. They're in this dimension. We just can't, they're just operating in a wavelength left to the right of us. And mm-hmm. sometimes the the maybe either they can cross over or we can cross over and see it. But I almost think that that we're they're all around us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In a weird way. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're that, over that's... we're overlapping with them. We just the, the, in the way that like there are certain spectrums of of color that we just can't see with our eyeballs. There we're sharing this space with other conscious entities that we just can't see. The I way that our physical say, bodies a, are built. This is a hypothesis we've discussed ad infinitum on the on the podcast, and this was John Keel's super spectrum theory, uh, and that's why he coined all these creatures and aliens as ultra terrestrials. In other words, not extraterrestrials. They're not coming from outer space from zeta reticuli they're here we just we just can't see them because they're out of our visible spectrum you know and there's something when you would god when you when you read a lot of these accounts and hear a lot of these stories you're like there's something to be said for that oh yeah i mean you i mean you guys are saying what i've always believed in 100 percent. i mean i i had a um I had a spirit (laughs) this is my world in a reading say to me you know, it's all a, it's just a world within a world, just like the ocean's a whole different world on your earth. And we don't know everything about what's deep in the ocean. So our world, we're operating differently in this realm, but we're still in your realm, but the rules are a little different because we're built different now. Maybe we're so, the ones living in the narrow room. Have you ever thought about that? I Maybe have our thought world about is that. narrow. I absolutely oh. do believe we're living in the narrow room. Yeah. For sure. Well, there it yeah. is then. 
Well, great. We <laughs> solved it. All right. I guess we're, we our work it. is we're done. done. Yeah. We solved all of the mysteries. No, but I feel that basically it's, um, you know, like blinders eyes, you know, you're putting blinders on. And if you just, you know, isn't that what the matrix is, matrix is about in, in movies like this? It's if you just kind of remove these, you'll see the world within the world. I mean, obviously, we don't want to go too deep with the matrix because that world was kind of bleak. But um, <laughs> um, but it's the idea. I, I feel that. I feel that's probably why I get drawn to those types of things. And when I was watching the show, it's that vibe, that feeling I like that I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is a good place where people can kind of really see the world within the world because normally you're distracted with everything else. So I, I feel, I absolutely feel that there's many things that are possible. Um, I always say the word beings and people kind of get on me for that because they're like, what do you mean by beings? What do you mean by beings? And I just probably say that big umbrella because there's just so many different, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think how, that's good I terminology. Guess, yeah. Right. I just don't know how else to say it. I go, well, they're just so different, many ones and forms that I feel are in this world with us. And that when you're, when you're tuned into it and you, and you want to, you know, then they'll tune back, you know, as I think I've heard you guys say something on your podcast, if you're looking, they're looking back, right? Do you say something like that? Right. Yeah. I feel that's just how it is. And the only thing I trying to do with people is to get people to look back. That's it. That's all I'm trying to do with this work. And I, but I feel that um, things like Bigfoot and stuff, it absolutely feels that way to me. Like that's just the feeling I get. I always feel like, oh, here's something that is existing, and maybe has figured out this is a good place to exist because not too many people are looking as much. Maybe I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. As far as everybody got quiet, so I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, I <laughs> no, you're right. Look, it's, people are looking now, though. I know Bryce is looking, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. a mystery, right? And I think that's something right. that we all have in common is we love a good mystery. And, and not one that's found in the pages of a book, but one that's that's lived through in our real-life experiences. There's mystery on this planet. And and for those who are blind to see it or, and who don't want to talk about it and who don't want to participate in it, you know, um, that's your loss. Cause man, what an incredible and exciting world when, when, you know, when you don't know what can be found around the next corner. Yeah, exactly. And it I must think be that nice I, though. It must be yeah. nice to Uh-oh. just be like, I'm cool with this, whatever. I don't need to look beyond. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. I function. I'm happy. I have no anxiety. I sleep well at night. It must be nice. Uh, awesome. I, I yeah. think that all the time, I always think, how does it feel? Why do you, this is why I've been to watch the show, the office five times, because it's a very simple world, right? They're going mm-hmm. to work. They're having the little issues, having their coffee and they go home. And I'm like, what is that world like where you're not really sitting around? I mean, it's a make-believe world. I get it. But that's why I escape into it. Where you're not like really thinking about these things or feeling these things, right? It does seem appealing a little bit. I mean, I can't lie and say it doesn't. What would it be like if you're just not really thinking about that? But On on the other hand, though. On the other hand. For me, this whole Mm -hmm. paranormal thing is like, is my escape from that real world that I have to deal with on a regular basis. It's like, you know, there's just the, the, the little stresses of life and the annoyances and the, 
the bills that have to get paid and all this stuff. Mm. It's it's nice to have like something to think about and something to talk about, especially with your friends that um, is like unexhaustible for starters because there's aspects <laughs> of it that are just unknown. So we can we can literally talk about this forever. Right. And it's also just it's unattached to these sort of like trivialities of everyday life. And you, you can kind of use these, uh, like Michael said, these really fun, almost like comic book kind of creatures to explore like these bigger, deeper topics, but still keep it kind of light and fun and also rooted in storytelling. And so it's just like, to me, it's just like a great escape. That's like what I get out mm. of it. Okay. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that, um, before, um, we wrap this up. I just wanted to know what you guys could tell people who, um, you know, you guys have found each other and have found like-minded people. Um, there's a lot of people who feel like they have a hard time finding people or finding a community. I don't want to mean like a community, like I don't want it to sound all culty or anything, but I mean like, you know, I'm saying like finding away because there's a lot of people I know that have these same interests and feel like it's hard to meet people um, and connect with people who they can have these conversations. Is there any 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 advice you have for people? I think community is a great word because as I've often told okay. like M- Michael, it's like, you know, you're one of my only friends I can talk to uh, Bigfoot about and who's not rolling his eyes because, you know, and, and, and you need that, right? Like my family right. doesn't want to hear it. Uh, my family's family doesn't want to hear it. Most of my friends, you know, don't really want to hear it. So, so yeah, you you know, there is a a small group of my friends who I can like totally just be myself and talk to this stuff about. And so that does create a community for me. And, and, and that's what I'm so proud of for, you know, with Bigfoot Collectors Club is it feels like, you know, this little community that we've created and, and our listeners are, you know, always, you know, feel free to like chime in with their theories and their thoughts. And, and, and I know that they've felt somewhat included too, by just in the, in the strangeness of it all. So we've sort of grouped together in this, in this, in, in like a, in a, in, in, you know, hugging the strange. And, and I think that's, you know, it's been a great thing for me. And I, and I, so yeah, come out if you want some community where you can talk about strange shit, find us over on the Bigfoot Collectors Club because we do it every week. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> Just make sure you join a community and not a cult. That's that's that's, that's, that's my <laughs> advice. A community is a bunch of people that get together to talk about this stuff mm-hmm. and go, this is weird, right? It's cool, right? And then sometimes mm-hmm. they branch off and talk about other things that they're into, shows, collectibles, whatever, um, knitting, whatever it is. Uh, and a cult is when everyone gets together at first and goes, wow, this is really weird and cool, isn't it? Right. And then one person's like, OK, here's what to believe. That's right. And, <laughs> you know, that's exactly right. Uh, so, you know, just and that's how you said, can tell the difference. We're always comfortable saying we don't know what the hell's going on. And Michael just brought up a great point, you know, a barometer for everybody out there who's getting into the strange or, or already in it. You know, anybody who says, and this includes the government and anybody who you know who says, you know, we know what's going on is full of shit. 
And that's a great way to always just gauge everybody who's into this stuff. You know, nobody has the answers. That's kind of what conspiracy theories used to be like. I hear that it could be this. And you're like, ooh, you know, maybe maybe right. the moon landing was faked. Weird, you know. Right. And now I heard that they shot theories, it this way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all fun sort of like imaginative thoughts. But like now it's just very much like this is real. And if right. you don't this believe is what's it, happening. Yeah, right. that's yep. you got to stay away from that. That stuff, you know, you just get into like, well, I don't know what ghosts are. or I don't know what Bigfoot is or I don't know what UFOs are. But it's fascinating that the Pentagon knows about them or is studying mm. them. And, you know, we don't think the Pentagon even knows what they are, you know. Yep. Um, yep. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. Jo- listen to a podcast and read some cool books. Just don't don't buy in, in, into anybody's personal belief system. Definitely. Yeah. And, Riley- and follow us on Instagram and get in, get in join <laughs> yeah, the conversation. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. honestly, that's where a lot of it happens. I love the comment section of our posts. It's a lot yeah. of people talking. We interact directly with them. I end up DMing with all kinds of listeners. Like, it, we have a little community. I love it. It's great. I really love our listeners. They're super engaged. So, like. Hop on well, board. Speak, We'd love speaking to of which, um, a good segue, where can um, people find you and what you're doing and the podcast? Michael, you go. Uh, we are at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram, at Bigfoot Pod on Twitter. Um, and then, I like Riley, I recommend the Instagram. It's really where we're the most active and we'll share photos that pertain to each episode. Uh, every episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club drops on Wednesday. And then we also have uh, over at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. We have the other side where you'll get three to five bonus episodes every month, uh, depending on what kind of mood we're in and how productive we're being. Lately, it's been more than that because we're recapping yeah. uh, Bryce's show. So we're all we're all at a little of our wits end, but um, but we're having fun doing it. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're trying to add video elements to things now. So, you know, we've put a lot of like uh, mini mountains uh, uh, in front of us, but we're we're yeah. figuring it out. Uh, but and it's it's a lot of a lot of fun over there on the other side as well. So I'd say that I'm at McMills on Instagram. You can follow me there. At I'm Bryce. at Peastro. Oh, uh, right. sorry. Go ahead, I Riley. Jumped go. The gun. You guys are used to it. Go, go for it. <laughs> I'm at I'm at uh, on Instagram. That's pretty much my social media presence there. Yeah, and I'm at Mr. Bryce Johnson on Instagram as well, and and at Bryce O. Johnson on Twitter. And and uh, the show we've been talking a little bit about Expedition Bigfoot is a. Uh, is just that it can be found on discovery plus and uh you can find that show there thank you guys so much for doing this thank you for coming on i so appreciate it it's awesome you guys are always awesome no hey, matter we what do anything for you Adela. we love <laughs> you we appreciate you and uh and we're always happy to uh to to talk with you what he's saying you Okay. Thank you so much. Um, All right. So um, for me, guys, um, I'm doing an online medium gallery on February 12th. You can get that on my Instagram at Adele Levine. Don't forget to follow my Instagram on Peering Into the Narrow Room. Um, Also, you can get my book on Amazon, Peering Into the Narrow Room. Follow yourself, follow no one, listen to your inner voice, and I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. What a pleasure. Hey, 
everybody, a little correction on the closing of this podcast. My medium gallery is actually March 12th and March 20th, not February. And otherwise that would be going into the past. Um, but you can check that all out on adalevine.com. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and stay safe and I'll see you soon. Thank you for stepping into the narrow room. You can find me on Instagram at Adela Levine and on YouTube at Adela Levine, where I post weekly videos to help you with tools on all types of things in spirituality. And you can also find me on Amazon, my book, Peering Into the Narrow Room. And remember, follow yourself, follow no one, listen to the inner voice, and I'll see you soon.